The following is a presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Big 12 era has begun, and BYU Cougars football is on the air. Martin finds space to the right. Martin's got a first down and more! The 10, the 5, the touchdown! Shaking off tacklers and taking it in for 6. We are two hours away from kickoff, and it's time to get you ready for the matchup with Cougar Pregame Live. Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Phenomenal flavors, a festive setting, and more fun than you can shake a skewer at. Helping Utah families for over 30 years. Now, to get you ready for today's game, alongside Hans Olsen, here's your host, Jason Shepard. As the BYU band makes its way right in front of our broadcast location here in front of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Tonight, the BYU Cougars look to bounce back from a very disappointing loss to TCU and will face the Texas Tech Red Raiders on homecoming my name is jason shepherd thank you for joining us for byu football joining me out here in cougar canyon is my main man and my co-host hans olson hans it is a beautiful october late afternoon we have got a let's just let's this is probably an understatement we have a very important game for both of these teams tonight this one should be fun i i named it the alamo it, <laughs> It happened right after the TCU loss. Looking at that Texas Tech game, we were doing the post game, and I said, this game becomes the Alamo. It ends or it begins here. The season and what what the season holds could either continue with a great future and a lot of prospects, or things get really bleak, and all of a sudden you're keeping your fingers crossed that they can find two more wins stacked into a really tight yeah. five-game group to get bowl eligible. So this is the Alamo you have to make your stand here today nothing went right last week for BYU and I think today is about not only getting back on track hands but making sure that last week was just that a bad week and not something that can become a trend and derail this team moving forward which is what you're talking about you cannot let last week bleed into today no in fact you've got to let last week be the catalyst for this week you said it when I just walked up. You were like, wait a second. After a loss like that, if you don't come back looking better, then you didn't learn. And that's a great point. You know, you go into the bye week with a really fancy win against Cincinnati. And it's like, man, I think we're on the right track. I think things are pretty good. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. We'll get better through the bye week with what we've already done. Well, you go through the bye week with what you've done, and then you get to TCU, and it's like, oh, man, wait a second. We may need to reorganize some things. So that Cincinnati game going into the bye week may have been more of a hindrance. I almost wish you could have flipped it. I wish it was TCU going into the bye week with a loss to give you a spark for Cincinnati coming out of the bye week. But instead, you get TCU after the bye week, a big loss. And as you mentioned when I walked up, you better learn a lot from this film. You better go back to this game and say, all right, what do we need to change to never have this happen to us again? BYU comes into tonight's game with a record of four and two overall, one and two in the Big Twelve. Texas Tech is three and four and two and two in the conference. Just the second meeting all time 
between these first two. Uh, do you remember way back in 1940 when these two teams met? Yeah, I was. I was on the field. Uh, was, <laughs> no, you were not. It was me in 1940 with you with 40. Boney, you you with Boney Fuller with Fortag. Yeah. <laughs> 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 with no, the leather helmets back in 1940. I definitely don't remember the last time they were on this field, no, but I, I do know that those matchups are limited. Well, here's the thing. A couple of things to look at, and unfortunately this has been a topic of discussion just about every week since week two. Will we see the run game show up today? They could be getting Aiden Robbins back. We know that Aaron Roderick said he's getting close. There's a chance he'll play. We'll obviously learn more when we talk with Greg Rubel later on in Cougar pregame live when he has a chance to talk with Kalani Satake. We'll find out some of those personnel questions. We'll get some answers. But this late, in, we're talking week seven. This is, this is game seven for BYU, and we're still talking about the run game. That, that is, that's an issue. Well, I have an opportunity to do two hours of sports radio every single week with coaching legend Ron McBride. And a guy that's been in the trench, a guy that understands offensive line play, understands running game. He's built a lot of great running backs in his life. And I was just with him yesterday doing two hours of radio. And I said, you know, coach, this run game, it's really got me frustrated. I said, do you just throw it out the window? And he said, no. He said, in my coaching career, what I always tried to do I tried to take my weaknesses and make them my strengths. Because if you take your weakness and make them your strengths, a lot of times you can catch opposing defenses off guard. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm Aaron Roderick, I'm putting off this persona of, yeah, we're moving on from it. We're going to go all pass. In the meantime, we're doing, out of, out of a three-hour practice, we're doing two hours and 59 minutes of run drills. And we are going to get this run game going. Because I, I loved how Coach Mack put it. You've got to make your weaknesses your strengths in order to become the team that you want to be. So Aaron Roderick's got to figure it out. If they want this team to become bowl eligible, if they want this team to find a win maybe against Iowa State or Oklahoma State, if they want this team to get bowl eligible, as much as you think, ah, you know, just bury the run and go all to the pass, you can't. One-dimensional teams get shut down. Well, and I th- honestly, I think a lot of what we saw last week for BYU's offense is a byproduct of everything falling on the shoulders of Keaton Slovis. Yeah, it was too much. It's too much for him to handle, and he's got to be better. And we're going to talk about Keaton Slovis' X's and Olsen's today. We're really going to break down what he did against TCU. But you have to take a lot of that pressure off of him. And here's the other thing that I haven't talked a lot about. Aaron Roderick cannot vacate it. it you know, I'm, it, if it's not part of the game plan, if they game plan all pass, then fine. Go all pass. Yeah. But, you know, you start getting into a length of a game, and you're like, man, okay, we've had three rushes on first down for an average of one and a half yards. Just fine, tank it. We're going to start passing on first, and then we're going to go counter on second down. No. No. Don't do that because it's been incomplete or it's been two-yard gains on first down and it's been counter-run on second down. I am not a paid defensive coordinator. And even I know what I would look for if I was playing against this BYU offense. Too many tendencies are really starting to leak out. So Aaron Roderick has to go back. He's got to do a little self-evaluation, and he's got to stick with the run. Yeah. If, it, if it is what he's worked on and is part of his game plan, he's got to stick with it. Don't vacate it in the third thinking it didn't work in the first and second. Talk to your offensive line and get that thing chugging because you've got to get that offensive line working. You've got to get that run game going. A couple of personnel things that we do know for sure. They were addressed earlier in the week. Season-ending injuries for linebacker Ben Bywater and safety Tanner Wall. So their seasons are done 
for the BYU defense. Texas Tech comes into today coming off a home loss to K-State, 38 to 21. The Red Raiders could be down to their third string quarterback, and that's really my number one question. And we'll talk with the voice of Texas Tech, Brian Jensen, coming up in uh, in our next segment. But freshman Jake Strong came in at halftime to replace Baron Morton. Morton was the uh, starter because Tyler Shuck done for the season with a broken fibula that he suffered in week four. And right now, you know, BYU kind of preparing for more of a scheme and, and you, you prepare a little bit for both. You've got some film on both these quarterbacks. But to me, that's the number one question that I'm, I'm looking to, to find an answer to in terms of this Texas Tech team. Which quarterback will BYU face today? Well, they better put Baron Morton out on the field. That's yeah. all I can say. If Texas Tech is without Baron Morton, it could be a really long day. Jake Strong, in just 28 attempts, has thrown three interceptions. And really that quarter and a half that he took against Kansas State, there are just too many, there are too many hiccups. There are too many mistakes. They, it, they need Baron Morton to be on the field in order to have a real shot in this game. He's a good quarterback. I think he's a based, well, good quarterback. Strong brings a couple of interesting wrinkles, though. Uh, Jake Strong, he got out on a 50-some-odd yard run. And he looked like a gazelle for a minute. So maybe he brings some physicality and athleticism. But I've got to imagine, Shep, that they are pushing Barron to be on the field today against BYU. Well, let's see if we can get some answers to some of those questions. We will talk with the voice of the Red Raiders, Brian Jensen, when we come back. This is Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard. It's a beautiful October Saturday in Provo, Utah. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, coming to you from the west side of Lavelle Edwards Stadium out in Cougar Canyon. Joining Hans and I outside is the voice of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, his name is Brian Jensen. Uh, Brian, thanks for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. Absolutely. This is fantastic. We're, uh, we're going to see if we can get, by the end of the night, we're going to see if we can get you a cougar tail. He'd mentioned to me he's got to try I'm the Jones cougar tail. I'm for one. All I right. mean, I, and it's got bacon. We had today for homecoming, they're, they're I mean, adding a, some, some strips of bacon, which, God, let's be honest, you had bleak. bacon to anything, and it's got to be great. It's got to be great. All right, we will get into specific questions, certainly. But, but let's, let's start out broad. Let's get the 30,000-foot the view of this Texas Tech team. What is the state of the program coming into tonight's game? Well, the state of the program is on the uptick, which is good. Um, Joey McGuire and the coaching staff has come in. They've done a great job in recruiting. Unfortunately, they've hit a wall with injuries that they didn't expect. The expectations were a lot higher than what the team's performed so far. But the feeling is that with the recruiting that he's been able to establish in the state of Texas, certainly – you know, he was a great high school coach in Texas for many, many years, won several state championships, is very well known by all the coaches there. Uh, because of that and just, just the way he's been able to develop what he's got behind the starters right now, uh, the, the, the feeling is that the next couple of seasons should be pretty strong. So, Brian, coming to these games, I always love to circle my big matchups, and I always got one-on-one matchups somewhere across the board. Oh, I thought you were going to say we were a big matchup. Uh, oh, no, no. You oh, know, oh, just the, the, yeah, the, well. one on, the one-on-one matchups. Okay, okay. But coming into the season, though, still that Texas Tech game, you definitely had a circle. But the one-on-one matchup that I got circled 
Jalen Hutchings versus Connor Pay at center. Yeah. It's that nose tackle center yeah. matchup. I think that this is going to be a nightmare matchup. I think it's going to be tough battle all night long. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that nose tackle, Jalen Hutchings. Yeah, they call him Jay Boogie, and he is a guy that will – you're going to write that down. I'm writing that down right That's now. That's too good of a nickname to Look, I've already, a good one. I've already got all my yeah. notes out here, but I'm going to find a way Jay to put Boogie. Jay Boogie yeah, yeah. in here. And then we got Duda Banks, too, so be ready for that one. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> Hutchings and Bradford, they're kind, of a, they're kind of a pair. They work together, and they really do a great job of plugging up the inside. If they don't get penetration, they're at least standing up the offensive lineman and uh, making it very difficult to run inside. The other thing they do is they're going to occupy a couple of guys on the passing game, too, so that the outside edge rushers have an opportunity to get to the quarterback. So they are a pair. Hutchings, number one, certainly, but they are a pair to deal with. Mm -hmm. We mentioned this in the last segment. For me, the number one question coming into this game is which quarterback is BYU going to face today? What 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 do you know at this point? Do, is there? What do any... I know, or what can I say? Well, <laughs> what well, can you what say? Are, what are you willing to say? Yeah. Well, <laughs> have you ever heard the phrase "game time decision"? <laughs> yeah, that's the line I'm going to go with. But I will tell you that um, a Jake Strong has had a full week to prepare, okay. which is the first time that he's had that opportunity, and you will be able to tell in pregame. Which quarterback will start? Okay. So if you're in the stands listening and you see him come out, you'll know. Okay, so a quick follow-up to that then. So whoever starts the game, how much of the offense changes? Um, I'd say there's going to be some change if it's Jake Strong because they're going to rely more heavily on the running game. However, that was something that they had started to do anyway. Uh, certainly against Baylor, it was a big part of the game and was very successful. Taj Brooks is a tough runner yes. that can carry the ball a lot, and he didn't carry the ball enough against Kansas State. That probably was the biggest letdown. It wasn't the Jake Strong interceptions as much as it was, why did you get into that situation? It was because you weren't handing the ball to ta- Taj Brooks. You looked at the line on scrimmage, and you said, well, there's eight guys in the box. Well, guess what? You break one seam, Taj Brooks is gone. But instead, they decided not to go after that and let uh, Strong throw the football. Mistake. Did they correct that this week? If it's Strong, we'll see. What is it that makes Taj Brooks so good? Well, number one on the list is he is tough. He's just one of those guys that you love to throw into the mix because he'll fight until the very end. Very seldom does he have – in fact, I can't recall a negative play. He's going to get hit in the backfield. But he's not going to have a negative play. He's still going to get you a yard or two. If you expect to get five, he's going to get seven or eight. I mean, the guy just keeps on chugging. He's got enough speed to get outside, but he's strong. I got to just to to Brian's point right here, Shep, I got to step in on this because I was running all my numbers. So sacks against right now, Texas Tech is 94th in the country. They've given up 16 sacks. But what was really weird to me is I went down that – for TFLs against, yeah, the only twenty-seven TFLs. Yeah, it, it, so you're talking about, you know, you're talking about sixteen sacks, only twenty-seven TFLs. That's best for twentieth in the country yeah. as far as tackles behind the line of scrimmage. It's he's Taj getting Brooks. the yardage, and I'm pretty sure Taj Brooks. If you look at his numbers, he's this season. I believe he's got zero, maybe the, one TFLs. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. I mean, the guy just he, he's gonna get that positive yard 
one way or another. I, I love people like that. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, I love them. It's awesome. Let's talk about the Red Raiders' defense. Uh, defenses that have faced BYU this year have really sold out on the pass because BYU just has not been able to run the football. Is that what you anticipate today for the from the Texas Tech defense? I think so. Uh, the secondary for Tech is, is deep. It's good and deep. I think you're going to see that they're going to do as much as they can to shut off the run. But most importantly, they're going to kind of do one of those deals where they're going to shove to the line of scrimmage and back off. Mm-hmm. So you are going to see them make sure that they're ready for the pass. Now, it's something that the defense is used to because up until a couple of weeks ago, Tech's always been quote-unquote air raid <laughs> doing nothing but throwing the football. So in practice, the defense sees that all the time. The big issue with Tech is don't let that deep ball down the middle hit you. If they can keep that from happening, I think they'll have a pretty good day. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Zach Kidley, the offensive coordinator out of uh, Western Kentucky. Yeah. Has he kind of met expectations as a coordinator for, for you and the Texas Tech faithful? I think there's been some frustration in some of the things that have gone on. But, again, I think you look at some of the situations that have caused some of it to happen, uh, the injury situations during a game, not maybe adjusting right away to some of those things that you could do to help that. I think maybe that's one of the frustrations. I think the second one that is um, big on people's minds is making sure that he's putting the quarterback in the best possible scenario. So if he sees that the quarterback isn't doing well at a certain read, make sure that you don't call that or make sure that you do something to get him out of that read. And I think that's been a little slow on the draw. And, again, maybe it's the player, but it looks like at times it's the coordinator. Uh, Shep, back in 2021, Kittley had the second-best offense in the country with yep. Western Kentucky. I mean, this guy was the absolute man in play calls. Now, could come back to a quarterback that got drafted. I think he went fourth round yeah, or something. Yeah, but he And he was really good. Yeah. But I loved Kittley's play calls in that 2021 yeah. season. Yeah. Real sharp. Yep. How much preparation, or I guess maybe how much has Tech acknowledged the altitude issue for this game today because it's you know people that people have never experienced it's not something that's going to hit you right at the beginning it's if it's a tight game and it's late in the game that's when it's going to hit you well here's the funny thing what do you think the altitude in lubbock is because it's flat right yeah what do you think the altitude is? i'm gonna assume 45 no not that high okay I'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 28 Okay, it's in the threes. Okay. Okay, so you step here and it's a thousand feet higher. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. not bad. I don't. I don't think it's going to be as much of an issue as people think. Okay. Wyoming would have been an issue probably more, mm-hmm. and it and it didn't bother them. So, I'm just thinking, I might be wrong. Been that once or twice, <laughs> but it might be not a problem. Okay. I didn't realize yeah. that they were that Lubbock close. Lubbock is a lot higher than I think anybody thinks. Yeah, especially yeah I did when not they, know that. It's flat, you know, and it's but it's up on a plateau. It's up on the South Plains. So. Interesting. So, Brian, at 3-4 and four on the season, 2-2 two yeah. two in Big 12 play, are you sensing the same urgency oh, yeah. that BYU is sensing right now? Oh, gosh, yeah, absolutely. Can't have another loss. I mean, it's as simple as that. We have Texas as the last game of the season. It's their last Big 12 game, right? We can't have a loss so that that game actually means what it should mean for us. So to do that, obviously, got to win here. Got to win here tonight. Brian, so there you go. Brian, we appreciate the insight. It's uh, it's always great to, to get the uh, – 
the conversation going with the – Guns uh, up. The, see those people out there? I see Guns him. up. There I we see go. There, hey, there's Zach Kittley's wife right there. Hello. Here's oh, I, there are the wives. Check it out. There Hello. we go. That's all the coach's wives, uh-huh. huh? Yep, Coach McGuire's wife right there. Here, uh-huh. Here's what I like about this game tonight. There's probably a certain uh, person uh, up in heaven that will be paying attention to this oh, game tonight. Oh, yeah. Mike Leach loved Texas Tech, and he uh, loved BYU. Yes, he, did. he will probably be tuning in tonight and from we heaven. We loved him. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, absolutely. thank you so much for, uh, yeah, for the insight. It was fun. Appreciate Thanks, it. Brian. Okay. All right, Appreciate we'll take a quick break. Yep. Up next, Hans will break down Keaton Slovis's game, and if TCU figured something out, you're listening to the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back to Cougar Canyon just outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Tonight, the BYU Cougars hosting the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. And Hans, we've harped on it several times already, but... Making sure that last week's offensive performance remains a solitary event is crucial for BYU tonight and moving forward, quite frankly. In tonight's X's and Olsen hands, you, you want to break down Keaton Slovis and why TCU was so successful against him last week. All right. How much time? We got three hours here? Uh, we do not. Because this is a three-hour segment, <laughs> honestly. As much film as I've watched on Keaton in this TCU game. So a couple things about Keaton Slovis. Number one, he drifted way too much last week. He got out of the pocket, he moved out and away from the pocket, and he also moved away from his trip set receiving side. So it was leaving three receivers useless, and he was having to ditch it out of bounds way too often. So what I'm asking of Keaton Slope was just stay in the pocket, take a step forward. Trust that Paul Miley, Connor Pay, and Waylon Lapuaho are going to hold that interior front. Now, that's going to be a really tough task this week, Shep. As I mentioned, the primary matchup of the week is that nose tackle versus Connor Pace. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But trust that it's going to be guarded. Step up, deliver the pass. Number two, it looked like his shoulder was banged up a little bit against TCU. He actually went in to try to make a tackle after that strip sack fumble. He tried to make a tackle on the guy that recovered it, and he saw his arm hit and whip back. And I think that actually jacked that shoulder just a little bit. So he needs to get treatment and make sure that shoulder's strong because I almost feel like the reason he's rolling out of the pocket is trying to get closer to his target, but it's making him get further away from his backside target. So he's eliminating a side of the field as he's trying to roll to get closer to his target. So hopefully that shoulder is, is strong and recovered. Number three. There was, a, uh, there was a cornerback for TCU, number two, that absolutely read and knew everything that Keaton Slovis was trying to do. He blew up a big-time screen for a loss. He, he, did, he, was, he almost had another pick on a, on a deep out. He did so many things just knowing what play was coming. So BYU and Keaton Slovis, he's going to have to change some things up. Don't fall into the rut of consistency. Be inconsistent with what you are doing, who you're looking up, and who you're throwing to. That's really important. Another point, he had to change centers. Connor Pay took the first snaps, and the, the snaps were just a little bit different. There were a couple of low snaps going back on film review where he had to drop his head, and he had to drop his hands. And when you drop your head as a quarterback, you lose sight of the safeties. And if the safeties break 
and you're dropping your head and you look up and the safeties are broke, now you're trying to relocate your safeties and trying to relocate your corners. That happened too many times where he had to take his eyes off the downfield set. So he's he got to make to, those quick reads. Yes, he's got to keep his head up, and Connor Pay has to get those snaps right back to where Keaton Slovis can keep his head up and keep his eye on the safeties. So Keaton has a heavy burden to carry. He's got some things he's got to clean up in this game against Texas Tech. And look, Aaron Roderick has coached a couple of NFL quarterbacks the last four years. He he knows how to yeah. coach quarterbacks. He knows what to look for. I expect Keaton to have a better, more clean game coming up against Texas Tech. I, I, I 100% agree with you. I actually feel quite confident in, in BYU's chances tonight, and I think so much of it is just based off of how bad it went last week. And you, we've seen all week how, how hard the players took it, specifically Keaton. He was taking the loss really, really hard. Yeah. That is a great motivator and I'm with you. I expect to see a completely different Keaton Slovis tonight. Yeah, I am too. Do I still have a minute? Because I actually yeah, want to yeah, go through yeah, one play. Yeah, All right, absolutely. So let's go through the pick six with Keaton Slovis. I actually ended up calling an NFL quarterback to help me through the reads here on this, on this one. Because I, I can do line play really well. But if I don't know exactly what the call is and what the look is for a quarterback, I do have a quarterback that is very good at quarterback play that knows it really well, and I take him through it as we're watching the Did film. Did you call Peyton Manning? Uh, I'm not going to put a name on it, but no, I can guarantee it wasn't Peyton. <laughs> Although that would be a really fun one to call. Yes. Be like, hey, Peyton, it's Hans. And be like, who? Who? Uh, you, you remember? Hans Roberts? You remember? I, You're yeah. a buddy. You're a buddy. I got some quarterback <laughs> co- co- questions to ask you. All right. So No, the first thing he would say is, how did you get this number? Yeah, he would. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, so this is what happened. The pick six. Yeah. You had motion off the right side. So you motion out a twin set to a spread trip set off the left side. As they motion, you see a corner drop to a safety and a safety rotate up to that motion man. That indicated man coverage right there. Mm -hmm. So as, as that safety rolls up, all of a sudden, I know it's man coverage. Before I even take the snap, I know it's man coverage. I know in man coverage, my stop route, when it stops in the middle of the field, I can't throw that stop route in man coverage, period. End of question. You cannot throw the stop route in man coverage because you've got a safety or you've got a backer who's just standing there in man coverage waiting for the ball to come. You can't throw a stop route in man coverage. Keaton knows it. I know everybody knows it. You had a drag with Lasser that went all the way across the field. Anybody that saw it saw him open. You had a flats drop by L.J. Martin. Anybody that saw that saw it was open. That has to be a three-step man coverage, middles closed, I'm hitting the drag route or man's covered, man coverage. I'm hitting the flats to L.J. Martin. Keaton tried to do too much right there. So Keaton has to be able to read those, those, those coverages, and he's got to be able to make those throws. No more pick sixes. Yeah. No more giving yeah. defensive points. That was, I think you said it last week, three defensive co- scores that yeah. BYU's offense has given up now. Yeah. No more defensive scores. Can't do it. Be careful with those reads and make sure you're not throwing – into the coverage and allowing those picks. All right, that's this week's X's and Olsen coming up on the other side. We're going to talk a little defense by conversation with cornerback Eddie Heckard. He's the topic of this week's Shep Talk, and you'll hear it next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Now, back to Jason Shepard. Welcome back. Eddie Heckard was one of the many transfers that came to BYU during the offseason. He followed his Weber State head coach, Jay Hill, to BYU, and everybody involved certainly glad that he did. Heckard is second on the team in interceptions with two. In fact, had one against TCU last week. He's behind only Jacob Robinson, who leads the team with three INTs. And I asked Eddie how he handles a loss like Saturday against the Horned Frogs. Um, I usually um, just I usually think just think about all the plays that I could have, all those plays I could have made. Just keep replaying in my head. I just try to get my mind off the game by watching like some of my favorite comedians or watching a movie or something. Just so I'm just not sitting there thinking about the game over and over because it's nothing you could do about it at that point. And you know you're going to go over it come Monday with the coaches. So you just wait to be coached on some of the mistakes you've made and how to get better. I mean, that's all it's about. The best thing to do is not just beat yourself up over something you did. And I mean, it's of course not to finger point to your teammates. So just get your mind off that game. Just don't let don't let it beat you twice. There were so many things about that game that were just not what we've seen from the BYU defense. So you know that you're better than that. You've already proven that you were better than what was put out on the field at TCU. So in talking with the coaches and then in your own thoughts, where do you feel you need to improve the most heading into this week against Texas Tech? I don't want to react that crazy yet because I feel like this has been our worst game and we haven't had too many of these games where we just did a, a lot of things like we did in this game. You've obviously just in this last week faced a backup quarterback at Texas Tech is now using their third string quarterback and so the, the quarterback situation is just a little crazy with Texas Tech. How do you prepare when the most important position that you're going to be going against may be in flux? I mean you prepare the same. I think trying to change your preparation is going to have you more unprepared than it would if you were just playing against the first string. So you you prepare like you're playing the first string, obviously not the same personnel-wise, but the same preparation like as far as how much time you're putting in, what you're studying, and you try to get as much as you can on a backup just because you need to know what their characteristics are like. But other than that, the preparation should be the same. It's pretty crazy the bad luck that BYU defense has had at the safety position. We found out this week that Tanner Wall is also going to be out for the year. I don't remember a position that has been hit as hard as we have seen the safety position this year. How do you guys as a defense rally around and sort of pick everybody up when it comes to, to making up for some of those players being gone? I mean, we just got to keep keep playing. I think that we've had to use a lot of safeties in, in that room, but I think they've all been like they all been playing pretty good. Like, of course, we're missing key players that's made a lot of plays for us. But as a defense, we we don't even look back there and like hang our head or nothing when we like we just treat them like they were supposed to be back there in the first place. So that's all you could do. They're preparing like they're the starter and they've been the starter, and that's all we could ask for. I know the safeties. I mean. In that room, they their coach is the DC, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know they're prepared. So I I don't question nothing that's going on in that room. It just sucks that the injuries that have happened and how it's hurting them a little bit. Overall, how has your first year with BYU gone for you? Maybe on and off the field. Um, on the field, it's going it's going great. Like um, I mean, we're four and two. I don't think 
I don't think that's that's bad. Um, it's good. It's a good six game start for my first year in the Power Five. I mean, I'm making plays. Um, got hurt a little bit, but I'm good now. So I like where I like where I'm at. I like my first season. Um, as far as off the field, it's it's even better. Like the amount of people I'm meeting and uh, the opportunity that's presented, like in front of me with just school and business opportunities like like I couldn't ask for anything else what do you like to do when you're when you're not playing football and you're away from the game what are you doing uh either watching tv and just chilling back or either cooking or uh bowling playing basketball basketball is my favorite hobby outside of football you said cooking what's uh what's your go-to if if you're gonna make something what's the go-to meal see uh when I cook I like to it's always a new meal. Like I always want to make something that I haven't made. So I just go on YouTube or something and just look for something that <laughs> I haven't never made. That sounds good. What's the last thing you made? I think some oxtails and a slow cooker. So something like Ooh. that. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm liking that. After a tough away game, how excited are you to, to be back at home? It's homecoming week and be able to have the the Cougar fans behind you this Saturday. I'm super excited. I I mean, I'm ready for that advantage we have playing in Lavelle, but just ready to get back to playing football too. Like I I love game day, the game day atmosphere and everything about it. Um, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. First question: What is your favorite flavor of ice cream, and when was the last time you had it? Uh, my favorite flavor is vanilla with caramel drizzle. Just regular uh and the last time i had it was like october 7th I yeah i remember that you remember the exact day you had it i like it okay so dog person or cat person dog any dog. particular reason why that's i mean growing up that's all i was around i was around more dogs than cats so that has been the prominent answer the only person so far that has said cat was last week and it was john nelson everyone else has yeah. said dog I could see him being a cat person, too. <laughs> All right. You're only allowed to subscribe to one streaming service. There's so many out there right now, but you can only subscribe to one. Which one are you going to subscribe to? Um, Netflix. <laughs> Any reason why? Uh, just because you can get some good TV shows and movies, new movies, classic movies, and it's always updating. I think I'm going to go with Netflix. All right, last one. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, talking about being, you know, playing in P5. But I'm curious for you, what has it meant to you to be a part of BYU's first season in a P5 conference in the Big 12? I think about it all the time. I think it's been it's been great, and I'm happy I'm a part of it just because I know how big the BYU culture is, and this is like that first Big 12 game is a, the first and last time they'll have that, so – uh, I'm glad I was a part of it, and it's been. I'm just trying to make make it the best season possible for BYU on my end. All right, Eddie, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. Good luck against the Red Raiders, and uh, appreciate the time. Thank you. That was BYU cornerback Eddie Heckard. Coming up next, we'll hit the games around the conference in the Big 12 Blitz. UCF almost had it in Norman. We'll hit it all when we come back. You're tuned into Mountain America Credit Union Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar pregame live brought to you by Mountain America. 
on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's Jason Shepard. Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Welcome back. It's time now for the Big 12 Blitz. And let me tell you, folks, to our to our audience here in attendance, to all those hundreds of thousands, who am I kidding, hundreds of millions of people listening uh, all over the world, uh, we've got a treat today because next segment is our visit with the voice segment. But the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, is going to join us for this segment as well and is going to participate. I'm the treat. You are the treat. Yeah, but, uh, but you, you are going to participate in, uh, in the Big are, 12 Blitz. No, people feel very let down now. I think oh, come on. Let's let Greg hear this. Come on. Uh, hey, okay. Shep, I'm just saying, though, it's coming out of your pocket. I'm not paying for this. Okay, one. that's fine. That's fine. Hey, this is a free segment. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. It so is this a, is pro bono. It is All a right. free segment. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the almost upset of the day in Norman. Uh, number six, Oklahoma, wins by two, but UCF gave the Sooners all they could handle. Uh, Oklahoma wins 31-29, but uh, a two-point conversion would have tied this. Who knows how it would have played out with another minute 20 and Oklahoma had the ball. But uh, UCF went into Norman and just about pulled off the upset today. And Norman's got to come here, which is a really good thing for BYU because Oklahoma has shown a couple of deficiencies in a couple of areas. I did not get to watch this game, but, Greg, yeah. I think it says a lot. Yeah, I, I watched a fair bit of it, and Oklahoma did not spend a lot of time with the lead today. Yeah. Uh, they took the eight-point lead late, and then, of course, UCF with a two-point try to uh, to tie it, get it overtime. They go double pass. It doesn't work. But, uh, yeah, uh, Oklahoma was playing from behind a lot of that game. And, uh, yeah, it, it would have been uh, the upset of the year to this point in the, in the, in the Big 12. It doesn't yeah. happen. So, to this point, the only newcomer Big 12 team with a win over one of the old-timers is Houston still, which uh, defeated West Virginia. Speaking of Houston, you're going to get to that. But uh, they're coming back a little bit. They were yeah. getting smoked early by yeah. Texas. They rallied. Yeah, and they're, they're holding their own. They're within a touchdown. It's halftime. And Texas has a touchdown lead in Houston. It's 21-14. But it was 21-0 yeah. early in the second quarter. Yeah, so this is uh, – Look, and I think this is the hope that now. Granted, you're, it's going to take more than just a couple of games. It'll it'll take take a season or two, or who knows, to to kind of get to the point where you're competing in every game all the time. At least that's the hope. But you know, this is what you kind of want to see. You get a couple of games under your belt in the conference, and and then you, maybe you don't panic as much when you get down. Like, okay, we could figure this out. Yeah. And now you've got Houston within a touchdown. Now I think we all expect Texas to pull away in the second half. But I, I like I like seeing the fight. Yeah, the interesting thing today was going to see how Houston plays their next game after the miracle win over West Virginia and how West Virginia responds to losing the way it did to Houston. And we see Houston going getting smacked early but rallying, and West Virginia uh, takes a, a lead into the third, has a lead in the third quarter now against Oklahoma State. And this uh, this game began with West Virginia turning it over on its first two possessions, if I'm not mistaken. They now lead this thing uh, 17-13 against uh, the Cowboys. I'll go back to that Texas game really quick. I wanted to mention Quinn Ewers is 16 of 17 for two touchdowns in nearly 200 yards in the first half of that game. If Houston's going to do anything, they've got to fight off more than just one incomplete pass for Quinn Ewers. Mm. He's done a lot better. Well, he's he's actually hit the mark that I expected him to hit. He had a lot of pressure on him, bringing a world-class recruit in. When you put a Manning in that quarterback room and you put the pressures on Ewers of having a Manning in that room, that puts a lot of pressure on him. And I think that he's managed those pressures well. But 16 of 17 – for two touchdowns and 200 yards in the first half of that game against Houston. The other final in the Big 12, Baylor winning at Cincinnati, 32-29. And then no late-night 
Big 12 games, BYU and Texas Tech obviously kicking off at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Also at 5 o'clock Mountain Time in Manhattan, Kansas that is. Kansas State hosting TCU, and uh, so that will be going on uh, concurrently concurrently with our game. Backtracking to the Cincy game, they've now lost five in a row. Yep. Uh, BYU got Cincy on a two-game slide. That's now gone to five losses in a row. So the teams, the FBS teams BYU's beaten this year are an 0-7 team, a team on a six-game losing streak, and a team on a five-game losing streak. So BYU is going to have to, down the stretch, beat some good teams or better teams than they've beaten to this point. And uh, plenty of good teams remain on the schedule. Now, Texas Tech, if you defeat Texas Tech tonight, you make them 3-5. and It becomes really hard for them to make a bowl game. We'll talk much more about that, as you guys already have. But uh, at at some point this season, BYU is going to have to beat a team with a winning record. And it hasn't happened to this point. I would say outside of this BYU-Texas Tech game, obviously because of its local ramifications, I would say that this TCU-Kansas State game is the Big 12 game of the week. Mm -hmm. And what's awesome is these are the two opponents of these two opponents that we're calling today. Kansas State played Texas Tech last week and obviously BYU with TCU. And when I watched Kansas State's game against uh, Texas Tech, you see a lot of good things, but you see some hiccups. It'll be interesting to see if TCU can get this win against a very good Kansas State team. Avery Johnson was unstoppable against this Texas Tech team last week. And that came off of his run, a lot off his run. It's all run. He had five rushing touchdowns in that game. And it came off his offensive line. He was trailing offensive linemen. He had two offensive linemen in front of him as he was running all over. He's not a heavy – he's a wiry, thin guy. He didn't get touched. He was running untouched into the end zone practically all last week. His hair looks like a cape. In fact, you could paint an S on his hair, and it looked like a Superman cape. Now, he's an interesting-looking quarterback because yeah. he he, he's, he's, he's not a prototypical-looking quarterback, and yet he was just unsolvable by Texas Tech last week. Like, here's the thing that I'm looking at in that game. Josh Hoover better look really, really good in that game because if he looks horrible, yeah. Yeah. it's going to make me feel even worse. Yep. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We will actually have our visit with the voice segment. Lots of personnel questions heading into this one. We'll hope to get answers on all those when we come back on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Hans Olsen for more Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's the Cougars and the Red Raiders from Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight. Welcome back in. We are outside in Cougar Canyon. Jason Shepard, Hans Olsen, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joining us. And, Greg, uh, we we knew at the beginning of the week there were already some guys that were out season-ending, unfortunately. Tanner Wall and Ben Bywater, that was addressed earlier in the week. But there's still quite a few personnel uh, question marks heading in. One is Aiden Robbins, and I know you tweeted out or X'd out or whatever we're calling it now. Uh, a few minutes ago, an update on him. Uh, what, what can you tell us about Aiden and, and any other personnel issues? Yeah, we'll start with the good news, and that is the return of Aiden Robbins. It's been four games that he's, that he's missed, and, and I'm not sure we've really seen the real Aiden Robbins yet, certainly not the 1,000-yard version from UNLV uh, last year. So uh, for a run game struggling right now, uh, second to last nationally in yards per game and last nationally in yards per carry, Aiden Robbins can't help but assist this BYU rushing attack today, and so he gets back. That's good news. So LJ and Aiden would be your one-two at running back. I don't know if we're going to see Keanu Hill today. Um, he, he hasn't been right all year either. Uh, he's trying to play, and then during the week they, they, they do maintenance to try and get him ready for game day. He may or may not be ready to go today. So if you don't see Keanu Hill, don't be surprised about that. They may be down a wide receiver there. He could be down a second offensive play. Well, more of a special teams 
than offense in Hobbs and Iberg. Uh, Hobbs is a little banged up as well, and we'll have to see closer to game time if he even warms up or how much he does warm up. So you may not see Hobbs in the return game, which would then put pre- uh, Parker Kingston at the punt return and Parker and Keelan Marion sharing a kickoff return duties. So may or may not have uh, uh, Hobbs and Iberg today. We'll keep an eye on that once I get back in the stadium, see how he warms up. Offensive line. Uh, you, you could see all eight uh, today uh, with the starting lineup remaining, Suamataia, Maile, Pei, Lapuahu, and Kaim. Kaim and Lapuahu got maintenance uh, uh, rest during the week, and they played a lot of uh, ETN and Mawala at right guard and right tackle, but the objective was to get them ready for game day, and looks like they'll be back and ready for game day. That is Lapuahu and Kaim at right guard, right tackle, but don't be surprised if you see uh, Fitzgerald, ETN, and Mawala uh, play today. So offensively, that's how BYU shapes up. Uh, hit everyone, I think we need to defensively the good news there is the return of Camden Garrett Camden's absence was big last week when a guy threw it 60 times they were down on secondary players so Camden Garrett is back you should see your starting nickel look like Garrett Heckard and Robinson as usual uh, Evan Johnson has been getting more reps and played last week Marcus McKenzie may not play today so Marcus in addition to being a special team standout has been seeing some corner reps in depth and he wouldn't be available today potentially so that's more of a game time as well so maybe no Marcus which means Evan Johnson and Maury Bamba become your backup corners but the big three are back in terms of Robinson, Keith Garrett, and Heckard. And then your starting safeties today become uh, Slade and Wakely. Uh, they gave e- Malik Moore a look last week. It didn't last very long, and so look for Ethan and crew to man things at safety. And your starting backers remain the big three, the new big three, if you will, Avon Pachon Tooley with Harrison Taggart now in the middle. And you'll see our usual cast of characters, 10 or 11 guys on the defensive line rotating for BYU. That's how it looks personnel-wise right now. We got to see a little bit of Preston Rex as well at that safety position, yeah. expecting to see Preston back yeah, a little bit yeah. today. Yeah, Preston and Raider DeMooney. So I think you now see who the four are going to be moving forward with DeMooney and Rex getting a lot of reps or getting some reps behind Slade and Wakely at those safety spots. Uh, I've added Sione Moa to my board at linebacker because he's been getting reps as well. That goes for Ace Kafusi the same way. Siale Acera has already been in, got his first pick as a Cougar last week. And then Handman and Fisher Jackson round out the linebacker crew. And I get a lot of guys play in this Jay Hill defense. So BYU has six games remaining in the regular season. We know that BYU will need two wins for bowl eligibility. In those terms, how do you view tonight's game? As a must win? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, UCF showed today it's possible to spring it. They didn't get it, but they played Oklahoma, you know, really uh, straight up today. You can find wins if you don't get one today. It's not that it's impossible. If you'd have five chances to find two wins, sure, you could do it. Uh, Who knows how a particular team plays on a particular day. But if you're looking at uh, percentages... And, and uh, I, th- I like the way Hans handicapped things last week. Hans, you looked at the last six games, and yep. you, you handicapped yeah. most winnable to least winnable on paper, right? And, and this being a home game against a, th- a, a team with a losing record right now, that goes to the top of Hans' list. And yep. so if you don't get that one, well, that just means you, you, now, now number two becomes yeah. the number one, and, uh, and that might be the Iowa State game here uh, in a few weeks. But Iowa State's third place in the Big 12 right now. So, uh, But, again, today kind of shows us already – uh, what you think might happen, you can't always predict. And so it's, it's, it's by no means a lost case, a lost cause if BYU loses today. Uh, but it feels like a game that BYU has to have or put in the pocket yes. to get themselves closer to bowl eligibility. This Texas Tech team is so interesting. Uh, 
they're three and four, but they've had to recover from that 0 and 2 start. Lost at Wyoming when they had a big lead, and now they're down to a third string quarterback. I think BYU gets a break, and you could say, well, they just had the backup last week in Josh Hoover, and he lit BYU up. But mm. I think there's a dip, there's a drop from from second to third. I think it means something. Um, Jake Strong threw picks on three consecutive possessions last week. He was sailing stuff. Now he'll have a whole week to work on stuff. Got the number yeah. one reps. Uh, he did. He did. Uh, he did. Had a 54 yard run last week. So this is a guy that can scoot a little bit. I just think it's fascinating as to what kind of matchup BYU gets with a third-string quarterback at the helm. Well, I know this. Just looking at Hoover film going into that TCU game, there was a lot more to be excited about for Hoover than there is for for Jake Strong. When I watched Jake Strong, because I saw about a quarter and a half of Jake Strong, you know, you had Baron Morton who went down at about, I don't know, midway through the third quarter. No, no, he he didn't start the second half. Oh, did he? He was out there. Yeah, he he came in at halftime. So he got hit at the end of the No, no, his second quarter, he takes a bunch of hits. He finishes out the half, but he wasn't ready to answer the bell in the third quarter. They went right to Strong. So Morton Morton didn't come out for the third half. Well, Strong just didn't look good in that second half. No, And and it's weird because when he takes the snap, he almost widens his base and he squares up his shoulders, almost looking like he's doing the hockey. It's just kind of a weird throwing You'll you'll see it today. He has a pushy, shot-putty, sidearm. It's a funky-looking delivery. It doesn't look right. And he sailed three balls. But, but you are going to have to really try to confine him to the pocket. I'm telling Fair you, enough. you better rush your lanes Fair the enough. right way. But, but when you Mangles see him, all those guys. you're going to go, that doesn't look right in yeah. a lot of ways. Now, he made enough plays. Like He made some things happen. But, again, those three straight possessions, they lost the game on those possessions. Pick, pick, and pick. And yeah. they were leading uh, until that happened. And, and by so. the way, the picks weren't like an accidental, like, oh, my gosh, like something big happened. Now he, he was sailing. throwing into double coverage. Yeah, he was saying he was sailing, guys. It, was, uh, it yeah. was really bad the way the picks went down. So it, it would be a really good position if Jake Strong comes out and starts this game for BYU. And I know we got to wrap this up, but you got you can't do a Texas Tech segment and not talk about Taj Brooks. Uh, he leads he leads the, the Big 12 in rushing. He's a top-five rusher nationally. I love the way this guy plays. And Cameron Valdez is a heck of a backup running back as well. So uh, if, if they don't feel like Strong is the guy they want to depend on to say throw it 60 times you've got guys in brooks and valdez to get the job done for sure it's it, it can be a good offense with good pieces surrounding jake strong but i think BYU catches a bit of a break if they go to number three today guys great stuff greg thank you thank hands you. great job we'll, well uh, let both of you guys go yeah and we'll finally get to mitch jurgens the guy that actually knows <laughs> thanks guys thank right. you we'll Jason. see you up in the booth all right you just heard hands talking about it mitchell jurgens is going to join me on the other side. But first, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. BYU in the Big 12 plays right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Mountain America is the official credit union of BYU Athletics, the Cougars, and the Red Raiders tonight here in Provo, Utah. I'm joined now by our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch. I'm telling you, we're getting late in October, and you're going to get weather like this to walk around in the uh, on the sidelines. It's a it's a good night for you, dude. I, I feel like every single game that we've had, we've had this conversation. We started it, and <laughs> it's like you can't ask for a better a better day of football when it comes to the weather, 
I mean, look. I mean, look at the skies. This is just you couldn't you couldn't draw it up any better. And that's been the mo so far for BYU with these BYU games. So I mean, what an atmosphere here at Lavelle. Uh, it's going to be something special. All right, let's get right into it. As a former player, what is the week after a performance like the loss at TCU, like at practice, as you get ready to bounce back and prepare for your new opponent? Yeah, Jason, it's it's intense and it needs to be, um, especially when you look at how this BYU team lost against TCU. It wasn't it wasn't pretty pretty by any means, and and there were a lot of aspects missing. There was um, there were mental hiccups, uh, you know, all, on all phases of all phases of the game. There was poor performance, poor execution. When that's the case, you've really got to you know dial it back. Um, and as players coming into this, be very very disciplined. Find out who those players are. They're going to step up and make a play. Um, because it's time to go. Not that it wasn't time to go before, but after a loss like that, you have some things to yeah. correct on Saturday, and it starts with mentality. It starts with preparation. I and mean, we talked about the, kind of the issues that they had last week on offense. There were several uh, miscommunications where the receivers just weren't on the same page as the offense uh, or as, as Keaton Slovis. Mm-hmm. Um, that led to that first interception, and, and, and that needs to be dialed in. Um, as uh, uh, to the defensive side, you can't have unsportsmanlike penalties in key moments that we saw last week that, that potentially was one of those big uh, momentum swingers for um, that, that TCU offense. Um, and then even on special teams, they had a blocked punt. They had penalties on special teams. It, it just wasn't a clean game, um, not only from an execution standpoint, but, again, from that mentality. And so you look at the discipline. They've got to come in ready to go, and these players need to button up from the first time they step on that practice field and carry it through to performance um, as a team here on Saturday night. Um, from a coaching standpoint, too, it's, it's not just the players that, that are going to do a, a, a little bit of a gut check to figure out who's ready to go. This, these co- this coaching staff, they've got an opportunity, too, where identify the holes that this um, offense or defense is running into and then figure out a way through scheme, how do we better position um, this uh, this team moving forward to take advantage of it? I, I mean, I, my, my mind goes to the receivers. Um, they're not creating a lot of separation right now. And so what yeah. can you do? What can Aaron Roderick, what can Fessy do with scheme to get – their receivers open more just with, you know, combination of uh, or the route combinations, meshing routes, get guys open more um, if they're not going to create it on their own. And so I think this, you know, it's the collectively as a group, both players, coaches, everybody coming together, dialing it in. You've got to pick up the intensity yeah. because you cannot let what happened last week um, happen again uh, because a lot of those things are fixable issues. Okay, so you, 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 you touched on a lot of different aspects of it. Let's focus on the offensive side specifically. And I know you touched on the, the receivers and not getting open, but how much of what we saw in terms of the offensive struggles is it that the lack of a running game finally caught up with BYU? Is it as simple as that? Because I know I, I know you were talking about the receivers and not being able to find uh, you know a, a way to get open. How much of that changes if you have some sort of rushing attack that the defense has to pay attention to yeah it, i mean it changes a lot because byu or, or these teams that are scouting this byu offense in a sense they become a little bit one-dimensional right they can't run the ball so what are we going to do in the secondary to ensure that if they're going to have to rely on the pass which they will we're going to shut that down we saw that against tcu they were blanketing these receivers playing them very very aggressively they're bringing a lot of pressure keaton was not comfortable at all the entire game uh, when you bring a lot of pressure again if your run game is on you can expose the defense uh, by by busting a, a big play if you if, if backers are 
are coming and they're and they're not in their spots, right? You get through the first line, and all of a sudden these rushes become very big games, uh, big gains, and so it does become an issue. Um, BYU has to figure it out. Um, you don't want to become a one-dimensional team. Is it possible? Can they go to air raid? Yes, there's been offenses that can rely on the air raid offense and and do well and be successful, but it's not. It's not a, a repeatable, I think, behavior, especially for this BYU offense, to, to sustain success moving forward. Number one, too, because, it, I mean, you may be more turnover prone if you do have to rely strictly on Keaton's arm. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of passes over the middle. It's a lot of passes in a game that, you know, you've got tip balls, you've got drop passes, um, miss misreads with uh, with a quarterback to a receiver. And so you have to be able to establish that run. Hopefully they can do it, but if they can't, what is the what's the solution? Right. Because you can't just keep running the ball yeah. and be uh, and be shut down over and over. Yeah, again. Because you're constantly putting yourself in these third and long yeah. situations, and then defenses could just tee off. They they know what's coming. They know what's coming all the time. All right, yep. I asked Greg this question in the last segment, and it's it's a little strange when you realize that you still have six games remaining, and you only need two more wins for six to get you bowl eligible, and certainly that's the minimum that you need. Obviously, you'd love to be able to kill that and just keep winning. That's the hope, obviously. But in, in, in that context, how do you view tonight? Because this certainly feels like a massive game in terms of getting those one of the two that you need for bowl eligibility. Yeah, it's and, and, and I'll echo Greg's, Greg's words. It's a must win, and, and it has to be. And when you draw it up like this, you're going against most likely a third-string quarterback against Texas or with Texas Tech. Um, this is an opportunity to take advantage um, of uh, a potentially a vulnerable Texas Tech Red Raiders team uh, to put yourself in a position, and you do it in an atmosphere that BYU plays so well at, um, at home in front of a, a rowdy crowd, and, and you know they're going to be bringing it tonight. Um, they've done it all season. Um, you also do it, um, you know, we, we've talked about it. I know Sports Nation has talked about it a lot. Um, the uh, record, BYU's record win the, the sun sets. It's a night game. Um, this is one of those opportunities. You're not playing midday where BYU has tended to struggle in the past. Um, as soon as the, the lights, you know, the lights are on, um, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of energy and it, it's drawn up perfectly for BYU to take advantage and, and come away with a win. They've got to do it. The, the rest of the, you know, after this game, the five, uh, the five games that are coming after that, those are tough teams. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas, those are going to be difficult. Those are powerhouses right now in all of college football. But then you look at um, Oklahoma State. They just had big wins yep. against Kansas and Kansas State. Um, and then Iowa State and West Virginia, those defenses are playing out of their minds. I mean, that's if the offense can't figure it out, those are going to be very, very tough matchups. And so if you look at what can we control today, what can BYU control, it's come away with a win in a very winnable game, at least what seems to be yes. the most winnable up to this day. Well, and there are – we certainly have not seen anything definitive, but there are reports from people who are – on the other side of the stadium that are watching warm-ups right now, and it certainly feels like it's trending towards strong, the third-string quarterback being the starting quarterback tonight for Texas Tech. And if we, when we had uh, Brian Jensen on, the voice of Texas Tech on, he wasn't willing, he certainly knew who was going yeah. to be, but he, he obviously did not want to say something uh, before uh, it, was, it was announced. Uh, but what he did say is it will be obvious who the starting quarterback is based off of who is out taking the snaps. And based off of those people who are in the stadium and have seen who is out there for the Red Raiders, Baron Morton is not warming up at all. So all indications are pointing 
towards the third-string quarterback in, in Strong being the quarterback that the BYU defense will face, and that is a good thing for BYU Oh, 100%. Tonight. You've got to take advantage. Um, this is a guy that, again, I mean, you heard uh, Hans talk about it in three straight possessions, throws interceptions. I yep. mean, this is a guy that's not going to be as comfortable going from a second stringer to a third stringer. That's a big jump. And BYU's and defense can't let him get comfortable. Exactly. We, they, we saw that last week with Hoover. He got way too comfortable, yep. way too quick, had some success, and then just built off of that from the get-go. They've got to make Strong's life a nightmare tonight. Yep, absolutely. You heard Eddie talk about it in the post game last week. Yeah. Um, they thought they could do it with a four-man rush. If, if you can't do it, you've got to start bringing more pressure, yep. get him uncomfortable, because if he's uncomfortable with the lack of experience, it could be a heyday for this BYU defense. Well, and, and here's the other part about it. Taj Brooks, we know how good he is. If they're not comfortable with Strong throwing the ball, and, and we were talking about this with Greg, They've got the, the, the conference's best running back that they can just go ahead and hand the ball off to. So it, it's not just about stopping the quarterback. Yep. You've got to be able to stop. What, what do you expect the BYU defense to do in terms of that? Do you, do you sell out on the run at this point now? Yeah, you've got to. I, I think you do in the beginning. I think. I mean, we, we said it last week. We thought that was going to be the, the game plan for TCU's offense. It didn't happen. With um, a third-string quarterback, I, I mean, I'd be very, very shocked if that's not the case, and so you have to sell it to stop the run. However, you've got to be able to pivot. Um, if somehow they do come out and they, and they you know, watch the TCU film and they trust strong enough to, to you know, dump uh, the ball off in these short and intermediate, uh, intermediate routes like, uh, like TCU did last week, you have to, make, or you have to be ready for those in-game adjustments uh, because you can't continue to give away the inside slant, give away um, these easy, easy um, receptions because you're playing way too soft. So make the changes if that is the case. But I do fully expect them to come out, rely on Taj Brooks, and uh, you, you've got you've to sell it, stop the run at least initially, and, and, and then see what happens. Yeah. All right, Mitch, last one. Biggest key to victory tonight for the Cougars is what, in your opinion? Uh, third down conversion percentage on <laughs> both sides of the ball. Ah, uh, yes, third down. Offensively last week, 2 for 14. You will not win a football game <laughs> if you're anywhere close to 2 for 14. Defensively, though, um, they gave up. I mean, TCU's offense was 12 for 19. That is way too much success. You're letting them go. Um, they're going to be getting into the red zone, and so that has to be a, fo a focus. If they can flip the script on both of those, BOU is going to be in much better position and hopefully can do enough to come away with a win tonight. You killed it, as always. Appreciate the insight. Have fun on the sideline. Uh, we'll let you go, and uh, thanks, as always. Appreciate awesome. it. Thanks, Jason. There we go. Mitchell Jurgens, you hear him on the sideline tonight on the broadcast as we get you ready for the Cougars and the Red Raiders. Speaking of the Red Raiders, head coach Joey McGuire talks about facing BYU today in Provo. You will hear from the Texas Tech head man when we return. That's next on Mountain America Credit Union Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU in the Big 12 plays right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The BYU Cougars hosting the Texas Tech Red Raiders tonight. Welcome back outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're coming to you live from Cougar Canyon. This is Cougar Pregame Live. It's brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, official credit union of BYU Athletics. So Joey McGuire is the head coach of Texas Tech. This is season number two in Lubbock for coach. This week during his press conference, he discussed the opportunity to travel to Provo to face the Cougars. 
start thinking about uh, playing at BYU. I've never, uh, we've got a couple coaches, uh, you know, co uh, Antonio Huffman's been there whenever uh, he was with uh, Coach Leach at Washington State. And DeRuder actually played, I think, the first game ever in that stadium. And I think it was 1982 against uh, Steve Young. Uh, but he's also coached against BYU there. And just talking to them, they talk about what a great atmosphere it is. So I'm really excited. Really big fan of their head coach. Kalani is Man, a first-class guy. He's got a phenomenal energy. Got to coach against him in 2021 whenever uh, Baylor and BYU played. And so excited to see him. We've got to know him a little bit, you know, with the merge of uh, the big, them coming into the Big 12, the last two Big 12 conference uh, meetings. So excited, excited to play in an atmosphere like that. Coach McGuire was asked about BYU's ground game, and he talked about wanting to make sure he keeps the Cougars one-dimensional. It's going to be interesting as far as them running the football. They're a lot like with Coach Grimes coming from BYU and that staff being familiar, and Coach Grimes, the OC at Baylor. So you're going to get some of the wide zone. Uh, they do a little bit of pin and pull. You're going to get some insert, like inside zone. Got young running backs. Um, you know, they, they're starting a freshman running back, actually, you know, from El Paso, West Texas kid, uh, really good running back. But they've got a seasoned vet. You know, I think uh, – I know Coach Druder's played him before, and I think he was at USC whenever he was uh, playing quarterback. And so really talented tight end in number 83, and they've got two uh, big, long receivers, number one and number two. I think two's his favorite target uh, wide receiver-wise. But, you know, they do a good job throwing the football. So – you know, I expect kind of the same. I mean, they're going to come out. They've got to, you know, uh, run the ball. It's, it's different times. It's going to be a lot, again, like Baylor's run game. And so we've got to do a good job up front to try to make them one-dimensional and, and uh, see if we can't get after the quarterback. Texas Tech has struggled to be consistent on third down, and Coach McGuire was asked if he thinks that can turn around this week against a BYU defense that has had a hard time getting off the field on third down. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because they're really good on fourth down. You know, I think they're one of the best in the country on fourth down. Um, it, that's going to be interesting because they they have uh, have been a analytics uh, team. They so you've got two teams that you know play a lot of you know fourth down. Um, but I, I do think we're going to have a, we'll have a really good plan on third down. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because they at different times play great defense, I guess kind of a little bit like us, and then inconsistent because we have been really inconsistent on third down defense to where at different times we've played at a really high level and at different times we haven't played at a really high level. And you've got a couple teams that defensively kind of who wins that third down is going to dictate a lot of the game. Yeah, that that is a a stat to watch. That is a down to watch for both of these teams. It has not been the greatest of downs for either program. So that's something to pay attention to tonight, whether you're watching or listening to the game tonight here in Provo. All right, last one from Coach McGuire with the Red Raiders bye week coming after tonight's game. He was asked uh, about the importance of tonight's matchup with the Cougars. You know, you've got some critical games, this one being one of them, and the, what you got for the rest of the season of trying to, you know, reach some goals that we have. And so I think guys understand uh, where we're at. We'll definitely be ready to play and, and uh, play with a lot of passion. And it's, it's a big game because you definitely want to go into that bye week uh, with a win. You're having a team that just had a great game. I mean, us and BYU are coming off of two 
tough games. I mean, TCU really got after them, and uh, late in the game, K-State really got after us. And so, but, you know, both teams, this is a really important game. It's their homecoming. It's going to be a packed house. And then with us going in the bye week, we would definitely want to go in the bye week on a high note. All right, that was the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Joey McGuire. We will take our final break. We'll get you back and wrap up Cougar pregame live when we return to Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU in the Big 12 plays right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. That is going to do it for us outside. Coming up next, we're going to get you up into the press box. It is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and the head coach, Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Whether your car has small tires, big tires, tires that go... Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Phenomenal flavors, a festive setting, and more fun than you can shake a skewer at. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Time to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the beautiful Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah, as homecoming week comes to a close with the Cougars playing their first home game in 22 days. It's BYU and Texas Tech for only the second time all-time and the first time in 83 years. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll have your play-by-play call for this Saturday night showdown. I'm joined in our All-Pro Capital broadcast booth by the big man, former BYU and professional lineman Hans Olsen. And Hans, BYU's only halfway through its 12-game campaign, but relative to postseason play, this already feels like a must-win for the Cougs, and it's equally important for the Red Raiders. No question about it, but how nice is it to be back in the sanctity of LaBelle Edwards Stadium? It's so nice to be back home. And my mama, Fawn Olsen, back in the stadium for the first time since the... 2000 season. Since your playing days. Last time her little baby Buffalo was on the football field. (laughs) That's the last time she was in this stadium. So it's great to have her back. We will hear her from here. She (laughs) is that loud. But that's what's great about the fan base and being back here. And I deemed this in the postgame of that TCU game. In the postgame, I said, this game's the Alamo. You have to hold your ground. You've got to stand your ground. You've got to win the battle. It has to be tonight. Because if you don't win this one, then your odds of getting to a bowl game drop below 20%. That's my opinion. That's my percentage assessment, but it drops below 20%. Got to get this one tonight. Coming up next, we'll get BYU head coach Kalani Sitake's assessment ahead of his team's tussle with Texas Tech. 
This is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. My pregame conversation with the coach coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's Greg Rubel. We are coming your way from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on this Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Tonight, 4-2, and two, BYU hosting 3-4 and four, Texas Tech. The Red Raiders are actually road favorites in this one despite that record. BYU 1-2 and two in Big 12 play. Texas Tech is 2-2 two and two, and heading into his bye week after tonight, BYU still looking for its first Big 12 win over a conference veteran. The Cougs have a win over fellow newcomer Cincinnati and a pair of losses to holdovers Kansas and TCU. Time now for my pregame conversation with BYU head coach. Kalani Sitake. It's brought to you by Zions Bank. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. And with an understandable outside focus on what it will take to get to six wins this season, Kalani talks about what it will take to get win number five against Texas Tech. Yeah, I think it comes down to the simple things, but like for us, is execution, and that's on on uh, all all three phases. I think offensively, um, everybody just being assignment sound. We can't have any blunders or, or mis- miscommunication on re- on routes and things like that, um, and even missed blocks. And so we'll be able to see that. And if we can win first and second down and keep the third downs um, manageable, or don't even worry about third downs, just get first down on first and second downs. That that'd be that'd be even better <clears throat> on a. Uh, on defense, it's, it's get off the field on third downs, you know, and, and create some havoc. And when we get third in some situations where we feel like we can take advantage of a pass rush or a blitz or a, a scheme that we can do in, in coverage, it's getting some turnovers that way. Uh, special teams is being really effective in, in uh, flipping the field for us and the punt team, and but also in our return teams, making sure that we get some, some first downs, meaning that we get 10-yard um, on punt. Punt, uh, punt returns and then in terms of uh, kickoff returns just anything past the 25 will take but 25 will be good for us as well so all those things everybody executing that's going to be the main theme for us is that our strategy has got to be execution this, uh, this game does the run game get a boost with the return of Aiden Robbins today? Yeah, Aiden, Aiden uh, practiced the last two weeks. Last week wasn't able to go at game time. Uh, we feel really good about him now. He feel like he's 100%. Uh, so hopefully this is the Aiden that we all seen in the highlights and what we saw in fall camp and spring uh, with, with with him being healthy. And then I think LJ and him will, will have the bulk of the rest. But there's a place also for Dion and for Miles to get in there and, and do some things for us that they can do specialized with. Have you really felt like you've seen the real Aiden Robbins yet from what you saw in the early game action? No, I mean, he, he, he was playing with with messed up ribs, and that's I think he was trying to tough it out, but it, uh, it wasn't able to be as effective as he can. He's a big back, and so we expect him to uh, big a, big, be a big punisher, you know, meaning that we get positive yards. And uh, for a normal guy that gets two yards, he should be able to get five. So mm. we're hoping that helps. And But he can't do it by himself. He, he needs help from the, all, all the other ten guys, whether it's quarterback carrying out the fake or the, uh, the, other, the other nine guys blocking for him. That's going to be key. How did Keaton look in practice this week? He got a little roughed up last week. Yeah, he looks good. I mean, that's uh, it's the game. You know, we're midseason, so you're going to be banged up a little bit. But uh, he recovers, and, and uh, he, you know, we had a great week of practice. Uh, it wasn't um, error-free, but that's okay. Uh, but I didn't see him making the same errors from uh, Tuesday to Wednesday to Wednesday to Thursday, and now we're feeling really good about where we stand. Defensively, you get Camden Garrett back, which is a help. Huge, uh, huge to have Camden back, and he was, uh, you know, we, we, we missed him last week, and it's more about the, the rotation, keeping guys fresh. Um, we feel really good about our young guys, though. The, the young corners have really stepped up and are coming along, and Evan Johnson and, and, and Maury Bamba. So uh, if we need to, and Caleb Christensen got a bunch of reps, too. So if we need to, we'll, we'll, see, we'll, we'll see those guys. But uh, the key is, is for us to get off the field so we don't get so gassed out. 
we have Marcus McKenzie available today? Marcus is a game time decision, but I, w- I would I would probably say probable. I'm not not too not too hundred percent sure that that would be the case. Okay. On the Texas Tech side, uh, they're calling uh, Baron Morton a game-time decision. He made it through the first half last week, mm-hmm. but didn't start the second half. And uh, you don't know whether you'll get Morton or Strong to start the game today as of yet. Yeah, we have to prepare for both. And, and um, uh, there's not a lot of film on Strong except for the second half of what we saw last week. But uh, we have to be ready to, for Morton. And, and um, yeah, wh- whatever they decide, it's, it's really, for us, I, I, I talked to you about execution. It has nothing to do with who's behind the center for them. It's more about us being Simon Sound and us executing our, our, our strategy and our plan. So you don't feel like you catch a break if you get their number three guy? No, the, the way I've seen it is like last week was a, a backup too, and he, he torched us. And so um, it's not really about who's coming in and out. It's a, all, all 11 of our guys being on the same page and, and, and not giving up big, big errors like we did last week. That, that cannot happen today. Texan up and down three and four. Uh, what do they show you generally? Well, they also should have beaten Oregon. You know, so you see them that, that, that uh, it happens. I don't think there's any way to predict what's going on in college football. There's a lot of things that have happened from week to week. Um, Even and, today in the Big 12 has been a wild day. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, pre- 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 predicting everything, it can't work. But for us, we see what we do and what, how we work. Uh, I, I feel more comfortable predicting what we can do compared to what they can do. It's more about our, our ourselves being able to play at our best our best self. That, that's not, that hasn't happened yet, and it's my job to get them there. I feel really close right now. You haven't been home for three weeks in a day. It's good to be back in this building yeah. and, a, and a, with, the, with the rock already bump, uh, pumping the place up and uh, the sun's still shining. It's good to be home. And, and uh, we know that, that being on the road is part of, the, part of the fun of college football, but there's nothing like being home for homecoming to see all our fans and our alumni. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of electricity in the air. And uh, when, it's always nice to come back and feel that warmth and the the you know the chaos controlled chaos from our fans that I think could make a opponent oppo- opposing teams have to worry about the noise and the, the energy so let's keep it rolling let's make this place a, a party tonight this game will be dark in the second half can you explain BYU's nighttime success <laughs> I don't I don't know but I I, I I don't care if we play in the morning or in the midnight you know you saw all our fans bring the energy midnight madness um, you know, earlier this week, they're going to bring the energy no matter what the what the, the time is. It's good to be at home. So uh, we'll, we'll, we have to factor all that stuff. So it's not like I'm ignoring it all, mm-hmm. whether it's schedule or plans and all that stuff. So we're working on it. Um, we'd love to be executing in all levels in the mod- no matter the time of day. We'll get there, and hopefully it happens tonight. All right, Kalani, thank you for the preview. Best of luck in this once in this homecoming day. We'll talk to you uh, after game. Let's go Cougs. Thank you. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. And this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coach's show. As we head to break, let's get you today's and tonight's forward keys to the game. They're brought to you by your local Ford stores. BYU football built Ford proud. Hans Olsen, three keys for BYU and Texas Tech. Well, key number one, I got to get one of these homecoming Cougar tells with the bacon on it. That's key number one. So key I'll, number one, get hands fed. <laughs> yeah, get me fed. All right. We'll go key 1A. I know. I've got a man crush on this guy, Taj Brooks, big-time man crush, on the way he plays the game. BYU's defense must keep Taj Brooks under his season average of 113 yards per game. Great. When he rushes under 100 yards, Texas Tech is 1-3. and three. Mm. He has rushed under 100 yards in three of their four losses. So keep him under 100 yards. Number two, BYU's got a self-scout they got to figure this out offensively. TCU cornerback Josh Newton knew what was coming. You and I talked about this on Wednesday at practice. We talked about how Josh Newton knew what was coming. 
too many plays that are good and blowing up in the backfield. TCU's defense knew what was coming. So on first down, when you have an incomplete pass, don't go back to the counter. Make sure that you're changing it up because Texas Tech is very smart. Their D coordinator, Tim DeRuder, knows what's coming. Number three, Keaton Slovis needs to have his best game. Stay in the pocket. Don't roll out unnecessarily. Don't try to be a hero and force a ball where it doesn't need to be. And make sure you hit your targets on stride. And BYU can come out of this game with a win. Those three things happen, I guarantee it, BYU win. Okay, you mentioned the Taj Brooks rush trending number. Here's yep. one as well. Uh, BYU's, of course, as we know, averaging in the 60s in terms of yards per game right now rushing. Joey McGuire, since he's been at Texas Tech, has not lost a game yet when his team holds the opponent under 100 rushing yards. They're 4-0 when the team doesn't get to 100. BYU hasn't gotten to 100 since the season opener. Today has to be the day, I think. Well, it might be because you do get Aiden Robbins' assistance back. You do have a touch of Miles Davis. Miles Davis got going a little bit against TCU. Find the hot hand. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Kingston. I don't care if it's Kingsley Somata. I don't care. Find the hot hand and go to him in the run game, and let's push these guys around a little bit. The Cougar Kickoff Show is next. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. I'm unique, and so are my financial needs. That's why when Zions Bank says they're dedicated to valuing you, supporting you, serving you, understanding you, protecting you, what they're really saying is they're dedicated to providing me with tools and services designed to meet my unique financial needs, no matter what stage of life I find myself in. It's just one of the many ways Zions Bank is for you and for me. A division of Zions Bank Corporation, N.A., member FDIC, equal housing lender, and MLS number 467014. Game Day Promos is a proud sponsor of BYU Athletics. We have spent years helping to build the Cougar brand by specializing in providing customizable promotional products like apparel, blankets, balls, and so much more. But we don't stop there. Game Day Promos offers marketing and promotional products that can be customized to assist your business with all your promotional needs, leaving a lasting impression that is sure to wow your customers. Game Day Promos, beyond sports, beyond expectations. Fly sweep, takes the handoff, and takes it in the end zone. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Looking for a fun and affordable getaway to somewhere nice? Well, here's some great news for you. Breeze Airways, Provo's newest and nicest airline, flies nonstop to San Francisco, Orange County, and Phoenix. What's even nicer is that Breeze never charges change or cancellation fees, so you can book with total peace of mind. FlyBreeze.com and the Breeze app have all the options for planning a trip. In partnership with the San Bernardino International Airport, Breeze Airways. Seriously nice. Few things bring us together like the stories of other people. I mean, I really do believe in the the literal power of storytelling. Let's just sit down and talk about it. Listen to this person's story. Have you thought about this perspective? And I really do think that one-on-one conversations and make connection for people. I do think that they strengthen families and, and have a big impact then about how we show up in the world. Listen to The Lisa Show wherever you get your podcasts. We're getting closer to kickoff of BYU football. You're tuned to the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show. Ken Garf, we hear you. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's. 
We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the All-Pro Capital broadcast booth. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium for BYU's 2023 homecoming game tonight. Texas Tech playing its first ever game in the state of Utah. And BYU looking to snap a five-game October losing streak. BYU last won a game in the month of October almost two years ago. It was October 30th, 2021, and Bronco Mendenhall's return to LES. BYU vanquished Virginia 66-49. Since then, BYU's lost five straight October games to Notre Dame, Arkansas, Liberty, ECU, and now TCU one week ago. This is the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show, presented by Ken Garf. Whatever your vehicle needs are, go to KenGarf.com. Ken Garf, we hear you. Greg Grubel, Hans Olsen in the broadcast booth, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens joining us from the sidelines and the Zions Bank end zone. For, for 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. Our Cougar Canyon scoreboard host, Jason Shepard, booth engineers Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Cougar Canyon engineers, Barry Squires and Sean O'Neill. Spotters, McKay Perry. Statistician, Ralph Sokolowski. Coordinating producer is Terry South. And our control board operators are James Finlayson and Ethan Arkell. Josh Berksom is tonight's studio editor. Our stats interns are Kendall Ruth and John Livingstone. Well, six games into a season. We've seen enough football to make some assessments about where BYU's strengths and weaknesses lie. And with four wins in six games, BYU's done probably, uh, maybe maybe met, maybe even exceeded uh, some preseason expectations. Some have, may have seen BYU losing at Arkansas and winning at Kansas, for example. So the results went the other way around. They won at Arkansas, lost at KU. Either way, 4-2 and two is an acceptable or a six-game record. But BYU's played its softest part of the schedule with wins over an 0-7 Sam Houston team, an FCS team, a 2-6 Arkansas team on a six-game slide, and now a 2-5 Cincinnati team on a five-game slide. Tonight, BYU draws a Texas Tech team with a losing record, and they're down to likely a third-string quarterback tonight. Hands, it is arguably the most winnable game left on BYU's regular season schedule. Well, I think you made that argument. I've made that argument. I think that it is a fair argument. I think this Texas Tech is the most beatable team that remains on this schedule. And you mentioned it, that third-string quarterback down to Jake Strong. They've gone through a lot of different talent. Baron Morton goes down last week against Kansas State. Jake Strong takes the field, and he just doesn't look right. He takes snaps. He gets happy feet. He squats down. He's got a weird throwing motion. He's unorthodox. So if I'm Jay Hill right now, I'm thinking, bring the heat, make sure all gaps are controlled, let's get after him and make him throw a pick or two, because in 28 passing attempts in his career, he's throwing three picks. So we know this guy will throw interceptions, he'll try to force things, and he's going to try to do it with his feet as well. Now, is coming off a 33-point loss at TCU, second largest margin of defeat in the Kalani Sitake era, and statistically, the worst game of Keaton Slovis' career. In his 43rd start, the Cougars were, were bad on first down. And they gained only 2.4 yards per first down, but they were worse on third. 0.5 yards per third down play. Defensively, BYU couldn't get off the field. TCU converted 12 of 19 third downs. TCU had almost 350 more yards than BYU on the Ooh. day. Special teams also struggled. Hands, it was a tough film session for pretty much every coach and player on Monday. It was, and I talked about this with Jason Shepard, who, by the way, can bench 325 pounds. Jason Shepard, very strong 
for what he does on air. And we talked about this. You get a nice Cincinnati win before you go into the bye week. That Cincinnati win, I think, it kind of infused you with excitement, like, hey, I think we're on the right track. Let's just improve what we're doing. You come out of that bye week, and TCU shows you a whole bunch of things. And you start reflecting and looking at yourself. And, Greg, I promise you, I promise every BYU fan that is listening, that film review session was bitter and it was brutal. And they have to make changes. We're talking about the bottom 120 in multiple offensive categories. You have to self-scout. You have to look at what's going wrong, and you have to fix it. That TCU film proved it. And if they can't get it fixed against Texas Tech, I think at that point, Greg, we call a tiger and its stripes a tiger and its stripes. Time now to identify this week's E-Assist player to watch for BYU. It's brought to you by the E-Assist Dental Health Education Foundation, reminding you that dental cleanings are essential for your health. Hands, who do you have an eye on as a BYU player to watch tonight? All right, so I think Cody Epps is coming along. So this is important. You and I actually talked about this in the TCU postgame too, Greg. You said against the Texas Tech team or really any of your opponents moving forward, you have to have a dynamic receiver. Cody Epps was that dynamic receiver, but Cody Epps has been dealing with a lot of different injuries. Well, against TCU, we saw him end up with three or two catches for 14 yards. He also drew a PI on a post route, a nice pass interference call. So he was getting a little bit more aggressive, feeling a little bit better. Keep your eyes on Cody Epps. I think that if Keaton Slovis is going to have the game he has to have to get the win against Texas Tech, Cody Epps has to be a dynamic target for him tonight. That's hands on the player to watch for BYU. More of the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show coming up. As we break, we tell you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. More pregame coverage from Lavelle Edwards Stadium after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. is the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Texas Tech coming up just after the top of the hour, 5.05 Mountain Time kick. So by my record keeping, it'll be a night game, which brings us again to the remarkable success BYU's had when the sun goes down. The Cougars have won 19 of their last 20 games at night and 16 of their last 17 night home games in this season. BYU's only two losses were matinee affairs at Kansas and at TCU, both 130 mountain time kicks. In daytime games, BYU's 5-9 and nine in its last 14. All right, time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your convenience and comfort will always be our highest priority. Chase Roberts continues to be the most comfortable target for Keaton Slovis and the Cougars. He's led BYU in receiving yardage in each of the last three games. He leads the team in catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns on the year. He's been targeted more than any other BYU pass catcher in 2023. And as important as any other stat hands, he has zero drops. Chase Roberts may not yet have the volume of some of BYU's most prolific receivers, but he has the skill to be a number one go-to guy. The more targets for Chase, the better. I say feed him. Yeah, feed him, absolutely. As you mentioned, leads in all categories. 27 catches, 421 yards, three touchdowns. Does it all well. And when everything was stopping against TCU, he was still producing. He still find that open area in the out route. He was still giving you the blocking that you need on the outside. A lot of people just watch receivers and they think, oh, man, he catches a ball. No, there's so much more to it. And when I watch him away from the football, 
He's doing all the things he's supposed to do. If it's a sweep on the outside, he's catching up his corner, and he's running them. If it's a sweep to the inside or if it's a dive or slant to the inside, he's trying to hook out his corner or trying to hook an inside safety, and he's trying to drive them. He is a motor guy. It's his motor that gets him to where he is, and he is clutch in tonight's game. We've got more of the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show coming up from Lavelle Edwards Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, let's head live to the All-Pro Capital broadcast booth. Alongside Hans Olsen, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU and Texas Tech meeting tonight for the uh, first time since 1940. It was a 21-20 Texas Tech win in Lubbock. All time, the Red Raiders are 5-0 against teams from the state of Utah. Make it 6-0 against teams from the state of Utah. But they've never played a game in the state of Utah until tonight. We talked earlier about how big tonight's game is for both both teams. Not quite a, a bowl eligibility elimination game, but here's why tonight's contest is so meaningful for BYU. It's about finding two wins in six games. And BYU likely will be an underdog in all six. Tonight versus Texas Tech. Next week at Texas. The following week at West Virginia. Then home games against Iowa State and Oklahoma. And a road finale at Oklahoma State. BYU has to win two, and the most probable are the home games against Texas Tech and Iowa State. Lose this one. Now you're hoping to find Iowa State maybe in one other game. Is it at West Virginia, at Oklahoma State? For Texas Tech, with a loss tonight, the Red Raiders would have to find three wins in their final four. Home to TCU at Kansas, home to UCF and Texas hands. If BYU's desperate, Texas Tech should be equally motivated. We'll soon see which team looks sharper under that pressure tonight. Well, Greg, you've been doing this a lot of years, and you've seen a lot of big matchups. you called a lot of big matchups. and You've seen pressured matchups where everything feels like it's on the line. It, one of two things happens. You either rise to the top and the cream rises to the top. You're consistent and you're full of control with the ball. You don't make big mistakes, or you completely crumble. You crumble. You, you put a ball on the ground. You throw a pick six. You give the defense a touchdown. And you crumble. Tonight, we see if BYU has the guts. Tonight, we see if they can handle the pressure. Tonight, I think we get a, the best feel that we've had to this point of if they are a bowl-level team. So it all just has to rise to the top for BYU. Great setup, hands. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show continues after this live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. is the Ken Garf Cougar kickoff show. Let's get back to Hans Olsen and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the BYU hosting Texas Tech as the Cougars look for their first Big 12 win over a conference veteran. And from here on out, it's all the big boys. Cincinnati was the only league newcomer on the Cougars' schedule. And BYU won that game 22 days ago here at home. 72 degrees after a sunny afternoon here in Provo. Whether it was going to be second stringer Baron Morton or third stringer Jake Strong, it's going to be strong now, it would appear. BYU was going to face a backup quarterback tonight. Texas Tech starter Tyler Shuck was lost to a leg injury a few weeks ago. Morton has been banged up for a couple of 
of weeks, didn't finish last week's game. Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. For 150 years of helping you succeed, Zions Bank is for you. Mitch, you could say BYU is getting a break tonight, but the Cougs were supposed to have the upper hand at TCU last week, and a backup quarterback picked the Cougs apart. It'll be interesting to see how both teams game plan for an understudy in Tyler Strong or Jake Strong tonight. Yeah, Greg, one thing I've learned so far this season is that getting a break or catching a break in the Big 12 doesn't necessarily exist. I was so convinced in that narrative last week when BYU went down to Fort Worth to face TCU, but the Big 12 is deep with talent. So when one goes down, another who is just as capable and talented is ready to go, uh, which we saw on full display last week with TCU's backup quarterback, Josh Hoover. Uh, So, yes, it will be interesting to see how both teams will game plan tonight with another backup quarterback, and if the third stringer strong can do the job. I have a feeling with how strong Taj Brooks is in the backfield as he currently leads the Big 12 in rushing that they'll more likely um, be inclined to pound the ground tonight. Yeah. However, Jay Hill and this defense will need to be prepared for anything and have in-game adjustments ready to go as I'm sure Texas Tech will have everything available on the play sheet and take whatever BYU gives them as this appears to be a must-win game for both teams taking the field tonight. Thank you, Mitch. Coming up next, starting lineups and the opening kickoff. This has been the Ken Garf Cougar Kickoff Show, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.